I keep seeing this car drive around all the time, and it's got a customized license plate, and I can't decide whether it is really stupid or really clever. So the the license plate is KGB spy, and like, <laughs> is that way like are they a KG sp- KGB spy, and they're just giving themselves away, or is it KGB spy because they are a KGB spy, but people look at it and go. Pfft, that person's obviously not a KGB spy. They've got it as their license plate. Like, yeah, is it is it genius, genius or stupid? I can't decide. It's, it's the only person you can rule out of being a KGB spy. <laughs> that is genius. Ni hao and welcome oh, to your favourite podcast, wow. Brad is a Bad Person. <laughs> My name is Morgan. I am the host of this podcast and I like Japan. I am joined as always by Lachlan. I don't know a Japanese word. Who loves Japan and Bradley-san. <laughs> Hello. Who is a full-blown weeb. Oh. Today we're talking about Japan. You may have noticed that Brad has talked about Japan uh, many times when it's uh, come up for different topics. So, uh, Lachlan and I decided we wanted to get in on the act. Japan is a unique place. It's beautiful, historic, advanced, and most notably, weird. While many nations have succumbed to to globalism, Japan manages to retain its individuality. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating place with a fascinating history and a fascinating present. We'll just be scratching the surface in this episode. There's plenty more to uncover, perhaps in future episodes. Mm. How are we today, guys? Ready for a kawaii episode? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so good. Uh, I'm so good. I should have looked up some Japanese words. I'm feeling really underprepared now. I've just, I've embarrassed myself. I really, I've brought, brought shame, mm. dishonor to my family. I'm going to have to commit seppuku now. <laughs> you know the important one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the big one. Um, okay, so before we get started today, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you leave us a nice review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout out during the show to say thank you. If you want to get in direct contact with us, uh, you can do that uh, and suggest an episode idea or just say hi. You can do that through any of our social media or on our website, bradisabadperson.com. If you really, really like us, you can send us some cash through paypal.me slash bradisabadperson to help with running costs. But otherwise, the best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend to listen. Mm. Lachlan, do you want to get this party started by cracking open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. I would have liked to have gotten a Japanese beer, but the only Japanese beers that my local bottle shop sell, I've done on the Brad is a Bad Person already, Sapporo, Kirin, and Asahi. So uh, I've got something fairly new to the market this week and something I've been looking forward to trying. It's a Furfy Crisp Lager. Oh, now, Furfy cool. are known for their refreshing ale. Uh, it's very popular. Comes <laughs> from Geelong, where uh, we all come from originally. But um, they've now done a crisp lager, and I am more fond of a lager than an ale, as has been shown in Cracking Open a Cold One with the boys in the past. So, the fact that I like the Furfy ale makes me think I'm really going to like the Furfy lager. So, Ooh. let's pop this bitch open. Mm. It's a weak pop. Yeah, there was nothing there. That was just disappointing. 
Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> there we go. Right. That's and high praise from Lockie. Surfy, not to be confused with Frothy, Frothy the uh, official beer of Brown's <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, so I want to tell you guys all about Hiro Onoda. He was a guy born in 1922, enlisted into the Imperial Japanese Infantry at age 18. Mm. He was sent to Lubang Island in the Philippines on Boxing Day 1944. Now, he was there under orders to gather intelligence and carry out guerrilla attacks to stop the US Army getting a foothold in the area. Specifically, he was there to attack the airship and the pier. Mm. Anoda's commanding officer, Yoshimi Taniguchi, told Anoda that he could not surrender and he could not take his own life. Oh, and the Japanese love taking their own life. <laughs> if, if somebody told me you are not allowed to commit suicide, I'd be like, I'm doing it. How <laughs> dare you tell me I can't end my life? You, that is just you don't so have offensive. my permission. What is, what's that thing Bane says? You know, you- <laughs> No. Die when you have my permission. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, so this, this guy, his commanding officer is basically Bane. Mm. Um, anyway, Anoda was under orders to carry out guerrilla attacks until he was killed or until Tanaguchi came back to get him. It may take three years, it may take five years, but we'll come back to get you. That's what Tanaguchi <laughs> told him. I have a feeling that... <laughs> I think you guys can see what this guy... <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but I nearly spoke about Hiro Anoda in one of our previous episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, Anoda's superior officers on the island did not prioritize attacking the airstrip and harbor, and so they stopped Anoda from doing so. This was a huge mistake, because US <laughs> forces came in February of 1945 and easily took over the island. The Japanese soldiers were on the run and split into smaller groups. Anoda was the highest-ranking soldier in his group of four, and they ran up into the mountains deep in the Lubang jungle. The rest of the Japanese soldiers on the island either surrendered or were killed by US forces, but not Anoda and his men. The names of the other three men were Akatsu, Shimada, and Kazuka. They stayed safe, setting up base in the mountains, building a hut and mostly living off fruit and vegetables, waiting for their next battle or their next chance to attack. In September of 1945, this is a good while later, you know, mm-hmm. uh, leaflets were dropped around the Pacific telling Japanese soldiers that the emperor had surrendered on August 15 and the war was over. Anoda and his men found one of these leaflets and dismissed it as a trick mm-hmm. to get them to surrender. Enemy propaganda. Yeah, well, the Japanese don't surrender. It's not something that they do. That's right. He was told he wasn't allowed to surrender. Yeah, yeah. Or kill himself. <laughs> Specifically. Yeah. And you... Um, you would have to think that if you were a Japanese soldier, you would just be... Because if you didn't know about the atomic bombs, you would have just been like, there's absolutely no way we're going to surrender. Like, yeah, we're going right. to fight until the last Japanese person. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's not surrendering. Yeah. So, I can't, you know, you can't blame him for thinking that's mm. a bit of BS. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, these guys were mad. They decided they would start playing dirty too. They raided the farms of local uh, of locals for food and tools. They even killed the occasional cow in order to have a proper feast. Mm. Can you imagine being a farmer and like long after the war's <laughs> ended, the Japanese guys just come and like kill one of your cows and steal your food and tools? You're like, dude. I mean, like that South Park episode with the the guy, the Chinese guys trying to build the uh, shitty wall and the, the Mongolians kept breaking in. Goddamn Mongolians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Shortly after, a Japanese general, Tomoyuki Yamashita, started dropping leaflets as well. Surely they'd believe it coming from a Japanese general. Nah. No, no, no. This was just another trick by uh-huh. the sneaky allied forces. That's right. The four men actually s- managed to stay together until 1949. Good four years. Oh. And uh, that's when Yuichi Akatsu was getting sick of the group dynamic and decided to start doing it alone. But he didn't last very long on his own, surrendering to Filipino soldiers the next year in 1950, like <laughs> a coward. <laughs> he still did 12 months on his, on his own. own. That's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> in 1952, letters and pictures from the three soldiers' families were dropped into the jungle. When they found them, they again dismissed this as another trick. <laughs> so, their families are sending them letters begging them to come back. They're like, it's been seven years. Come home, please. And they're like, they've got to our families. I mean, if, if, like, if they were, if the allies were trying to trick them, that's what they would do, though. Mm, it's, um, it's also that you can't blame them for sunk cost fallacy. I don't think. God damn well, yeah, it. It's also that sunk cost. Yeah, you can't, you can't be in the jungle for seven years. Like, for no reason, and then just go, oh, I guess I wasted these last seven yeah, years. You have to, home. like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were confused when they encountered locals in civilian clothes. Were these just regular people walking through the jungle? <laughs> no, of course not. They're allied soldiers tricking us oh, no. by wearing civilian clothes so we won't oh, suspect no. them. Yeah. These men killed every civilian that came anywhere near them. <laughs> oh. In 1953, Shimada was shot in the leg, but managed to make a full recovery thanks to Anoda's medical skills. However, Shimada was killed the very next year in 1954. A search party was looking for the men, hoping to convince them to surrender. When Shimada fired on them, they had no choice but to fire back, and he was killed. (laughs) Ten years in the jungle. The search party killed the guy they were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years in the jungle and you get killed by the rescue party for you. Fuck it out. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. All right. So, 1953, 1954, sorry. Uh, you know, the next couple of decades are a bit of a blur here. So, um, Anoda and Kazuka continued their mission of gathering intelligence and attacking the enemy with guerrilla tactics. Anoda himself killed at least seven Filipinos. <laughs> One of them was a, fa- a farmer who Anoda decapitated oh. just to make a point. Oh, God. He later said, I wanted my own territory. To expand, we had to break into the locals. I materialized to destroy things, threaten them, lighting fires in empty houses. Jesus Christ. He's gone off the fucking deep end. This guy's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. (laughs) The locals there said that there was a casualty almost every year around harvest time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude was hungry. (laughs) Sadly, the... (laughs) (laughs) Every year being afraid of Japanese soldiers from a war that's long since finished at harvest time. Decades over. (laughs) With the harvest comes the Japanese... Why didn't they just start leaving some food out for them? Like, they knew it was going to happen. They weren't going to eat it. No way. They <laughs> decapitated a- someone to send a fucking message. <laughs> Leave a cow and a bag of flour or something. Fuck. Lachlan, that's clearly a trap. They'd never Yeah, exactly. That. Good God. Fuck. Anyway, 
Quite sadly, the power couple of Anoda and Kazuka was split up in 1972 when Kazuka was out on a mission to destroy crops and was killed by Filipino police. So mm. he was trying to set so fire to all these crops. So that's almost 30 years after. Nearly 30 years. Huh. Yeah, 27 years. So assuming this guy was like 20 when he went, or, you know, he'd be in it's his mental. 50s. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in his yeah. 50s. Late Shoot. 40s, early 50s, yeah. probably, yeah. That is insane. Anyway. This killing made international news. A Japanese soldier was killed in full uniform (laughs) in the jungles of the Philippines while presumably carrying out guerrilla warfare, terrorizing locals. (laughs) Anoda and Kazuka had been declared dead in 1959 by the Japanese government, but this was evidently untrue. In fact, if Kazuka was alive this whole time, could it be that Anoda is still alive too? You bet wow. your this captured the imagination of many Japanese people. Many searches were conducted to find Anoda, but none were successful until February of 1974, two years later, when a 24-year-old Norio Suzuki managed to find Anoda deep in the jungles of Lubang. Suzuki had left Japan in order to find, in his own words, Lieutenant Anoda, a panda, and the abominable snowman in that order. <laughs> Holy shit. And as a fun fact, Suzuki actually died in an avalanche in 1986 while searching for the Yeti in the Himalayas. Oh, wow. But the good news is that he did find a panda. <laughs> <laughs> did he think pandas? Not quite as elusive yeah. as a Yeti. Some mythical made-up <laughs> creature. Suzuki stayed in the jungle with Anoda for a while, and they became fast friends. Anoda didn't know whether he could trust him or not, but everything he said seemed to make sense. Still, Anoda refused to leave with him. He was under orders to gather intelligence and carry out guerrilla <laughs> warfare until he was killed or until Major Yoshimi Taniguchi came back for him. Motherfucker, is this guy seriously not going to leave until some old Japanese dude he knew 30 years ago comes to the fucking Philippines jungle and tells him in person that he's relieved of duty? Yes, that's exactly correct. <laughs> Suzuki snapped a few selfies of the two of them together and took them back to Japan as proof that he found Anoda. The Japanese government helped him locate Taniguchi, who was working in a bookstore. (laughs) Taniguchi agreed to fly out to Lubang. (laughs) He pretty much has to. still raging guerrilla warfare and his commanding officer is fucking working in a bookstore. (laughs) 30 years after the war's end. What if he was dead, though? What if that guy was dead? Yeah. Like, I... (laughs) You know. Anoda would still be there to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, imagine that. Like thirty years after the war's finished, somebody like knocks on your on the door of your bookstore, and they're like, uh, "There's a guy in the jungle who says he won't come out unless you go over." Remember that order you gave in 1944 not to die or surrender? Wow. <laughs> what if it was like one of those things where he just like really hated Anada and was just like, I'll, I'll just leave him in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. He'll get sick of it eventually and surrender. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm coming back for you. I promise. Yeah, I'll I promise. Come, that's you, it. It's like when two you play weeks, two weeks max. I'm coming back. It's like when you play hide and seek with your like siblings as a kid. And you're like, <laughs> you, you go, go hide. hide. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just go play <laughs> Mario Kart. I can leave them there. <laughs> the real game is how long will they stay there? That's right. Yeah. Anyway, Taniguchi agreed to fly out to Lubang. They located Onoda in the jungle again, and Major Taniguchi officially relieved Onoda of his duties. So, Onoda surrendered to the Filipinos. 
He handed over his sword, several grenades, and an Arisaka rifle that was still in perfect working condition. Whoa. And with it, the 500 rounds of ammunition that he had left. Holy shit! <laughs> and remember, he wasn't just shooting people. He was cutting the heads off. Yeah. <laughs> that's not 500 people he could have killed. That's, that's <laughs> still just... <laughs> He's conserving ammo. Got to conserve ammo. He also, yeah, exactly. He also handed over a dagger that his mother had given to him in 1944 before he left. Oh my god! And she told him to use it to commit suicide on the battlefield instead of being captured. (laughs) This was presumably before he got his order to uh, never surrender or kill himself. So, well, I'm just. I can't imagine my mum giving me a knife and say, "Use this to kill yourself." I got (laughs) him. I can imagine my mom coming at me with a knife and saying, I'm going to kill you. But It's a very, very different culture. Yeah, very different. Um, where, what was, do you know his hometown? He wasn't born in like Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Oh, no. <laughs> that would just be tragic. No, I, I, I assume it would have uh, come up, but no, I didn't. Anyway, the president of the Philippines at the time, Ferdinand Marcos, gave Onoda a pardon for all the murders and terrorizing he had done over the years. I think that's fair. (laughs) No hard feelings, bro. Cheers, said Onoda. Here is my sword as a thank you for being so cool about this. No, dude, you keep it. I couldn't possibly take your sword, said Marcos. (laughs) (laughs) They fist bumped and Onoda went back to Japan, a totally free man, 30 years and at least seven civilian murders. Since the war had ended, I you can't blame him though. He thought he was. No, a, could you he imagine, he was at war. Could you imagine your dad got decapitated by a guy, and then the president's just like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. We'll <laughs> he, let him go." He thought he was at war. Okay. Yeah, could you imagine what? Yeah, but your dad, your dad's just working in the field one day in, <laughs> in the rice fields, and some crazy Japanese guy comes up to him and chops his head off, <laughs> and you're supposed to be like, "Oh, well, you know." <laughs> That's okay. I honestly think the Philippines let him go because they couldn't handle him in their prison system. <laughs> Could you imagine that man with nothing but time on his hands, locked away? I'm picturing oh. him. I'm picturing him just running out of the woods with his fucking sword, like like in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> running up to the castle for like ten minutes. <laughs> Oh, You're fuck. Like, dude, the war ended 30 years ago. Stop killing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. Do you reckon you, you wouldn't take it seriously if you saw him like running at you from across a field or something? Or do you no, of course not. It's a guy cosplaying a Japanese anyway. soldier. Yeah, that what's this clown doing? Cuts your head off and mounts it on a pike. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure if you grew up near the Lubang jungles, you'd just be like, okay, so there's these <laughs> Japanese guys in the forest, and every few every year they just come out and kill somebody. So just be on the lookout. You know, watch out for bears. You know, watch out for <laughs> snakes. Watch out for Japanese. It's like the fucking purge every year at the same time. <laughs> just come and kill someone. <laughs> Hear the sirens in the jungle. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, anyway, Anoda couldn't handle modern Japan. He thought this genera- generation is too materialistic and doesn't honor the past. So he went to some colony of old school Japanese people in Brazil to become a cattle farmer. It was basically like a Japanese Amish village mm. in Brazil. Very unusual. Yes. However, 
Onoda moved back to Japan in 1980 after he read a story about a 19-year-old Japanese kid who killed his own parents. What is happening back home? My country needs me. The children (laughs) need me. (laughs) So Onoda went back to Japan and started a nature camp to teach the Japanese youth survival skills, a bit of toughness and self-discipline. In Japan, he was given a full military pension, which he accepted but he refused to accept the 29 years of back pay for his time in the jungle what? that the government offered him. Why? I don't know. I guess he <laughs> crazy. survived those 29 years. Like, you don't... When you love your job. <laughs> you don't <laughs> never feel like you're working there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He I was, just love he was killing such... Filipino civilians. <laughs> That was payment and Yeah, he, he got paid in blood. He was fine. <laughs> Good lord. Um, Onoda was such a hero in Japan that people often sent him money to honour his service, but he would always return the money, and when he couldn't, he would donate it to the Yakasuni Shrine, which is a big Japanese war memorial. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, yeah, so there were, there were heaps of Japanese holdouts in the jungles of the Pacific countries. Mm-hmm. And these people kept fighting after the war had ended, and there are a bunch still in the late 40s, even some in the 50s, and amazingly, two men surrendered in Guam in 1960, and another was actually captured in Guam in 1972. Holy shit. But, Mm. technically, Anoda wasn't the last holdout, because later in 1974, an indigenous Taiwanese man, Terry... Someone Nakamura was enlisted in, <laughs> enlisted in the Japanese army. He was discovered in Indonesia. However, he decided to leave the other holdouts in 1956. So he'd been a group. He'd been with a group for 11 years, and mm. then he was like, "I'm sick of you guys." So he started living by himself. Did the old uh, Akatsu trick, but this time it worked uh, for 11 years by himself. <laughs> Uh, no, 18 years. 18 years. Holy shit. He, he was 11 years with the others and then yeah. he was like, fuck these yeah. guys and just started living by himself. He built himself a hut and he was self-sufficient. And he was discovered in November of 1974. And he actually decided that he wanted to go and live in Taiwan rather than live in Japan. So for this reason, and probably the fact that he wasn't ethnically Japanese and also wasn't decapitating uh, <laughs> Filipinos out of loyalty to the emperor... He wasn't as well received by the Japanese public as Onoda was. And in fact, the Japanese government refused to pay his pension. Oh, oh that's rude. Geez. However, the Taiwanese public were so outraged by this betrayal that they donated a bunch of money to him, which in today's money is about $80,000 US. <laughs> <laughs> so, happy ending for, um, How's that for 30 this years guy. Pay? <laughs> 80 grand. Fuck it up. And it was, it was privately... Funded with yeah. donations. Mm. Japanese government. Yeah. I mean, mm. you have some indigenous Taiwanese guy sign up to your army and you're like, I know you stayed there for <laughs> 29 years after the war had ended, but you're not really Japanese. <laughs> so we're not going to give you your pension. Where's the commitment? Where's the loyalty? <laughs> I just, I don't see. Isn't that nuts? It's fucking insane. You gotta, was there someone who was like, all right. I'm starting a mission. We're going to scatter these pricks to the wind across <laughs> the islands through Southeast Asia. And then they, like, what, they got fired or something before the end of the war? Died? I don't know. Because there's someone who surely went, oh, there's something I'm forgetting here. Like, 
<laughs> I'm gonna go collect all yeah. my dudes that are we've, left in the forest. We've left a bunch of fucking radicalized Japs in the forest somewhere. <laughs> we need to collect these dudes, or else they're just gonna kill people. <laughs> we explicitly told them not to surrender yeah. or kill themselves. <laughs> I love the not kill yourself part as well. The Japanese are the only people you could do that with as well. Yeah. But it's Every, like, er, any I'll, other nationality would just be like, nah. After a couple of years, I'd be like, ah, this is getting stupid. Yeah. War's got to be over by now. I think if you're going to throw like some extremely loyal Japanese soldiers into the, uh, the forest, you need to put in that sunset clause, a.k.a. give them the ability to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they're never going to surrender, but eventually they might just be like, "Well, it's not worth it anymore." Maybe. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, that's insane! How many held out for so long? Mm-hmm. I don't get the uh, "don't kill yourself" rule. I guess that's like instead of killing yourself, you should try to take out one yeah, more person. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. yeah. I guess. Fucking murdering like- as many Filipinos as possible. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Like if you're surrounded on all sides, try to take one out when mm. you get shot, rather than yeah, mm. yeah. What a man! Well, worthy adversaries, the Japanese, <laughs> and we can we can see why. Like they're um, <laughs> fierce, fierce soldiers. Mm. That's crazy. All right. Um, oh, I'll, I'll do Morgan's. Would you rather? Morgan. Morgan. Morgan's. Would you rather? Would you rather live in the Filipino jungle for thirty years <laughs> or commit ritual seppuku? <laughs> Get out of there quick. <laughs> Suicide, straight up. <laughs> no question. I'm knife in the guts. <laughs> Just thinking. It's a, it's a very unpleasant way to die, but it's over. Yeah, but it's over. It's over. over. It doesn't take 30 years. Ooh. Take that, Filipinos who live in the Filipino jungle. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably want to. Like, uh, I'm saying, if I have to be self-sufficient out there, I'm probably going to cut myself and get infected or, you know, there's going to be spiders everywhere and That's stuff. Right. That's not a life that Morgan wants to live. No, exactly. <laughs> it's not worth it. I'm hurry curry all day. Yeah, but it just doesn't have to be so fucky. Like, that's just such a violent <laughs> way to kill you. Can't I just hang myself? Fuck. No, that's got to be it, you don't, even, you don't even have the second there to cut your head off, as you talked about in a previous episode. It's the only honourable way to kill yourself. Ugh. Look, your mum gave you a knife. Imagine if your mum <laughs> right. found out that you killed yourself with a gun and your knife was just there. Yeah. She was like, hey, I gave you that knife specifically <laughs> yeah. to kill yourself. She would be so offended, man. She'd probably get your name engraved on it, you know. Don't fucking get me here. Um, <laughs> she'd be devastated. <sighs> that is so hard. That is genuinely your hardest one. <laughs> no, it's not. No, could you just imagine how painful that is, though? <laughs> It's so bad. Even if it takes half an hour you don't for you even to die, have the guy to fucking cut your head years. off. You don't have the guy to cut your head off. <laughs> like, maybe if I had the second, he oh, like, God. but um, uh, I I'm can't a, believe, I'm I can't a pussy. believe you're so much of a pussy that you would rather live in the jungle for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you do, it's like you cut and then you pull up. <laughs> That's got to be the worst thing in the world. You're too you're too much of a coward to take the coward's way out. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I'm just going to start learning. What are they? <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> mm. No, Supreme is not the coward's way out. That's the honourable way out. 
Yeah, but I mean, Brad's between, not honorable between enough to that do it. and you know, hanging out in the jungle, decapitating people for thirty years, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, I might come to love decapitating people. You never know that. <laughs> might be my calling. I don't know. I'm just, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I could, I'd be sitting there with the, you know, doing the shaking thing, the heavy breathing, like, oh, come on, come on. No. <laughs> All right, Brad, Brad's living in the jungle yeah. and Lachlan and I are doing our mother's proud <laughs> Killing ourselves <laughs> Super <violently. good. laughs> yeah. All right, Brad, you want to tell us all about something Japanese? I do um... No context with Brad Lobsters urinate from special nozzles located under their eyes <laughs> Okay, that's weird. <laughs> it's funny, he asked me if I wanted to tell us about something Japanese, and then you literally hit the button to make me say the next thing <laughs> is guaranteed not to be Japanese. <laughs> that's you right. fucking ass. Good timing, London. Mm. Anyway, um, so everyone knows that I love Japan mm-hmm. and for a whole host of reasons, but one, of, one reason specifically is just how batshit crazy they are and their willingness to celebrate just about anything. So this week, I've picked out my favorite Japanese festivals that legitimately exist in the land of the rising sun. (laughs) So, first on our list is the Kanamara Matsuri, or the Festival of the Steel Phallus. What? (laughs) Legend has it. In 17th century Japan, a demon caught himself some serious yellow fever and fell in love (laughs) with a beautiful Japanese woman. We've all been there, don't lie. (laughs) The woman rejected the demon's advances, so the demon sought revenge and came up with the only logical plan. Hide in her vagina and bite off the dicks of her future suitors with his razor-sharp teeth. Hang on. It's a good plan. I feel like we missed a couple of steps there. (laughs) <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, so that's what the demon did. Like some fucked up, fucked up, sorry, Japanese vagina dentata, successfully biting the cocks off two of her future would-be husbands on their respective wedding nights. Ah. Now, while I was reading this, by the <laughs> you way. You think the second husband would have been like, okay, last wedding night. Yeah, so I was going to say, quick sidebar here. Your husband. How did she, one, yeah. not know that there was a demon in her pussy? <laughs> two. If there was a demon in her pussy and the first guy got his dick bit off, surely the second guy is unfair. That's just like sending a cock to the <laughs> Give slot. the second guy a heads up. Yeah. Like you would say, hey, maybe we hold off on this. <laughs> Fool me once, you know, yeah. fool me twice, shame on me. Uh. <laughs> anyway, rather than trying for a third time, the woman sought help from the only person who could help. No, not a doctor to extricate the cock gobbling demon or a priest to blow it clean out of her coochie. No, she went old school and contacted the local blacksmith. Now, this this blacksmith was a man of vision. And after hearing about her plight, came up with the correct plan. See, if you just remove the pussy possessor, it can come back. Oh, God. But if you build a steel cock and face fuck its teeth out of there, it doesn't matter if it stays. Good lord. Hell, getting a gummy demon hummer while fucking probably just adds to the flesh. <laughs> Come on, Brad. So, Jesus. <laughs> you are an animal. <laughs> so it was steel cock in hand, she left, 
And as the old saying goes, third time's a job. <laughs> Since then, annually on the first Sunday of April at Kaneyama Shrine in Kawasaki, thousands of people come out to worship the liberator of vaginas, the destroyer of demons, the fucker of faces, steel <laughs> thundercock phallus. <laughs> the festival consists of a Mikiyoshi parade. And that is just one of those parades where they have those giant pelicans and they just like carry them down the street. You know? uh-huh. It's a special. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and all other matter of candies, decorations, and carved vegetables. Obviously, everything is cock shaped. Yeah, all the vegetables, like, dick shaped. Yeah. <laughs> and the parade features people getting about in 10 foot tall costumes. Costumes! <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, you did that because obviously it's not a pun in Japanese. <laughs> well, done. <laughs> well done, Brad. That being said, Kaneyama Shrine isn't a once-a-year wonder. The other 364 days, it's extremely popular with prostitutes who pray there for protection from sexually transmitted diseases. A solid healthcare plan if I've ever heard one. <laughs> so, yeah, basically it's just a big dick festival. Um there's just people prancing around. Big steel dick festival. Costumes everywhere. You know, you've got cock-shaped candies that kids are eating and you can carve oh, your own. Kids? Yeah, it's a whole family. So, it's no. just like it's just like uh, Pride Week then. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more reserved, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's, uh, yeah, no, like you go there and you they've got like radishes that you can like carve into dicks. That's like an activity oh, yeah. they do and- yeah, it's Good, a wholesome family fun. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the next festival on my list is that of Naki Sumo Matsuri. Now, I get what everyone's thinking. You hear the word sumo, you're on board so far. Mm-hmm. But what the fuck do Naki and Matsuri mean? And I mean, with, with, when it comes to the Japanese, it could be fucking anything with sumo sandwich in the middle. So I am confident I will give my left nut to Morgan or Lachlan, if they can guess it right now. No googly. Naki Sumo Matsu. Matsu. Um, it's schoolgirl sumo wrestling. It's a valiant guess. Or sumo wrestles a, a schoolgirl <laughs> in uh, that's those outfits that they wear. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's a sumo fashion parade. Mm. Obviously, my right nut won't be feeling lonely anytime soon because the Naki Sumo Matsu... <laughs> It's the Crying Baby Sumo Festival. <laughs> now, this shit is my speed. All year, <laughs> babies get it easy. Sleeping all day, shitting where they please, having food literally spoon-fed to them. Well, in May every year, Japan says, fuck that, fuck you, you shit machines. We're going to use you for entertainment under the pretense of improving your health and vitality and keeping demons away and shit. Maybe. Who knows? Of course. Can't hurt to try. I don't see any fucking demons around. Must be working. <laughs> Fuck you. Of course. According to the history of this event, some absolute mad lad 400 years ago said, crying babies grow fastest. And everyone thought, that, sound, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> so since then, they have practiced the Naki Sumo Matsuri at Shinto shrines across the country. And while the event de- uh, varies depending on location, the general idea is babies compete in a round-robin tournament First and loudest cryer wins. <laughs> yes, parents hand off their babies to literal sumo wrestlers who then wave them at each other in an attempt to make them cry. <laughs> and if that's not peak Japan, I honestly don't know what is. That's fantastic. Uh, 
And it, it's, it's not like they're short of volunteers either. Some places actually require an application and a fee to participate. Oh, yeah. No, I can understand that. Mm. I'm a father of two very young children. I'm, I'm all aboard for this. Mm. This sounds Just great. <laughs> let it sink in. You're paying a fat man in a loincloth to shake your child and another child in a public spectacle. And you're rooting for your child <laughs> to cry first. Yeah. <laughs> Cunning plan, up? Japan. I see what you did there, and I agree. Child abuse should be a spectator sport. <laughs> For next year, I would like to submit my mother as one of the people to make babies cry. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like a single mother who realizes you've been stealing money out of her center console car, center console of her car for months. <laughs> it would terrify even the most battle-hardened soldier. Gotta get those big abs. Mm-hmm. But enough about my childhood dramas. Dramas. <laughs> Oh, fucking Moving on. Your mum is a lovely lady, Brad. <laughs> Not when I was a child. <laughs> yeah, well. That's a legitimate thing that happened. I stole, I think, money out of her. She had to lay down double the discipline. And she bought me a bike for my birthday and then took it off me and sat it in the lounge room for the next month and made me look <laughs> at it every day without touching it. Yeah, and nice. you learned a valuable lesson, didn't you? Yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> Don't fuck with your mother. <laughs> anyway, uh, third festival. The Japanese are known for being ultra-pragmatic and ludicrously efficient. From transportation to work, things that seem unusual in the West are, every- are an everyday occurrence in Nippon. See what I did there? <laughs> like that. One such event is the Shukatsu Festival held every year in September and December. A festival for literally celebrating your own funeral. During the festival, you can explore anything related to your inevitable demise and plan your funeral to the last detail. Not sure if your family will fuck up your hair and make you (laughs) and make up when you kick the bucket? Go get your hair did and lock that look in, girl. Now they definitely (laughs) can't fuck it up. But wait, how's that hair and makeup going to look in your coffin? Nobody wants to clash with their coffin and commit a funeral faux pas. It would be so embarrassing that you die all over again. <laughs> so why not try out the, out the coffins? Make sure your ass is it's going to be looking fly and well cushioned at your last hurrah. Shit, why stop there? They've got experts who will help you write your farewell notes so your family can remember you as the wordsmith you most certainly weren't. <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding, but honestly, the the Japanese seem to have a really healthy grasp on human mortality here, and it just tickles me to death that you can have your funeral planned out at a festival, but you can't draw a picture of an uncensored human dick. <laughs> Never change your pants. Unless it's perfect the way you are. Those are my three festivals that I found that I fucking love. I think it's great. Yeah, um, I like it. It's quite interesting. Do you think you do your hair at the festival as a bit of fun and then uh, you go back to your normal life in Osaka or wherever and you're just like hanging out. You forget that you went to that festival and then 50 years later you die and they give you like this ridiculous hairstyle that's 50 <laughs> yeah, years out of date. Absolutely. <laughs> like you literally get your hair done and like they'll paint your face the way that you're going to look and they'll arrange, um, you know, whatever items you want to take with you, like jewelry or. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to be buried. Oh, who's with. taking jewelry with them? What are we, Egyptian? Yeah, exactly. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but like, they let you get in the coffin with the face painted and everything, and be like, "Here you go. This is what it's going to look like when you're dead." Take photos of you. You go there usually, um, you know, with a relative or you know, significant other, and, the, and yeah, then so you, they can you know, see what you want it to look like. Yeah, and they take turns. Could you just imagine yeah. if you and Ash went down to like Tucker's or something? 
And you were like, all right, hop in the car. <laughs> I'd be into it. She wouldn't. She'd be, she'd be. She won't lay on a bed when we go to a mattress shop and, like, test out the mattresses to buy. Yeah, because so, she's not an she's... animal, Lachlan. It specifically says, do not lay on the bed. No, it doesn't. You go yeah. to a mattress shop. You're going to lay that's on the, the mattresses. Point, How are you supposed oh, to know you if you want to buy them or not? Oh, that's disgusting. No, you're a no, fucking No, they tell you to, Brad. <laughs> Listen, if Brad gets his mattresses secondhand, he picks them up off the fucking street. <laughs> Yeah, but at least I didn't lie on them in the store. Gee, that is a true fact, people. Brad sleeps on a second-hand that is mattress. Not fucking true. Hey. <laughs> I sleep on a very expensive mattress. No, he's he's upgraded to a ah, um, oh, has he? Okay, he did mattress, sleep yeah. on a second-hand mattress. No, I didn't. Yeah, he did. Not off the street. <laughs> no, it was still second-hand. <laughs> yeah, it was second-hand from a, a study at someone's house. Like yeah. how much? Did, how much mattress yeah. use does yours get? So yours where stay? the where the guests stay when they're yeah, too but they drunk didn't have to drive any friends, home. So there was no. Guests you do there. some disgusting stuff when you can't drive. There'd be like three people who fucking slept <laughs> on that mattress, and they like, did. I don't some care if filthy. they came bucket loads. That's less than I've put into that mattress. <laughs> it's my mattress now. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that was good, Brad. Three festivals. You didn't do the Cherry Blossom Festival. That's a basic bitch festival. Yeah, it is. Obviously, everyone knows that. Absolutely. Who cares about that? Yeah, because we want to do the, the weird stuff, the interesting stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. That was, I definitely want to go to the Steel Fellows Festival. Like, that's fucking just sounds. That, you got me thinking, actually, Brad. Do mm. they censor the tips of the dicks? No. no at that no. festival? It's like. So it's, so it's full, uncensored. Yeah, Cox galore. Wow, that's what I mean. It's like that's it's probably why it's so Japan. popular because it's yeah. the only place in Japan you can see uh, an uncensored cock. <laughs> yeah, and you just got kids on fucking cock lollies, and it's just it's just a well, good time. It's it's a natural part of the human body. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. No, I would. Uh, the Western be world is to too uh, too puritanical with that sort of thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids should be allowed to mung on cocks all they want. You're Absolutely. Right. <laughs> it's a free country. Mm. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, look, then... Uh, yeah, you save wanna... me. Save me. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something that's probably just as degenerate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, liking anime is okay. <laughs> I like Disagree. anime. Brad likes anime. Keanu Reeves, Robin Williams, rest in peace. Samuel Jackson, Kanye West, Ariana Grande, Elon Musk, Zac Efron, Avril Lavigne, and Snoop Dogg all like anime. And mm. they're all There's cool no guys. There's no way right? any of those black people liked anime. They do. That's they not do. a oh, black no. thing. Black That's, people Kanye like West anime. does not like anime. Black people no like anime more than white people. For real. <laughs> what? For real, for real. <laughs> for real, for real. Good yeah. anime is up there with the best TV shows and movies the Western world has to offer, and writing it off because it's all cartoons is as foolish as not watching any TV because the medium includes garbage like The Masked Singer and Married at First Sight, or not listening to any music because Rebecca Black commercially released 14 singles. Morgan. <laughs> Anime is just another medium for storytelling, and there are indeed some incredible stories that have been told. But I'm getting off track here, and I don't want to be accused of being the very thing I am here to disparage. You do sound like a fucking weeb. (laughs) Liking anime is okay. 
What's not okay is molding your entire identity around liking anime. And this is where we enter the realm of the weeaboos. Danny? Homewa <laughs> Shinderu. <laughs> Morgan's face. <laughs> I've got no idea what's going on. You fucking That's probably, boomer. I should, it's a mess. I should probably just say Zionara and get out of here. <laughs> The term weeaboo originated from the webcomic Perry Bible Fellowship and originally meant absolutely nothing. It was used in a single instance of the comic as complete nonsense with absolutely no context or meaning given. Mm. It came into popular use and gained its definition when Moot, the founder of 4chan and all-round f- enforced a word filter on the <laughs> B-board of 4chan that changed the word Wapanese a portmanteau of wannabe and Japanese, into the word weeaboo. (laughs) Moot, a giant fucking weeaboo himself, was trying to get people to stop talking negatively about those who could do nothing but carry on about how much like a Japanese cartoon their life was, but this, like everything else Moot has ever done, backfired spectacularly. The term (laughs) weeaboo, often shortened to weeb, stuck and became the default term to describe these people. (laughs) <laughs> if you can call them people. But what actually is a weeaboo? A weeaboo is a disgusting creature who fetishizes Japanese culture to the detriment of the rest of their life. They make their entire identity about loving Japan. Anime is the only TV they watch. Manga is the only literature they read. J-pop is the only music they listen to. And hentai is the only porn they watch. Japanese is superior to English. Ramen is superior to pasta. And the katana, folded over 1,000 times, is superior to the longsword. Everything Japanese is good and everything not Japanese is bad. They dye their hair strange colours to match their favourite anime characters. They collect cheap, poorly made swords that their favourite anime characters use. They pepper their speech with the few Japanese words they've managed to pick up watching anime. They fill their bedrooms with expensive plastic figurines of their favourite anime characters, often in sexually suggestive or outright pornographic poses. (laughs) And let's not even get into what hot gluing means. No, let's, they will let's. pick out. Well, what does hot glue look like, Brad? No, no. <laughs> they will pick out anime characters to have fake relationships with. Oh. They call these their waifus. God bless them. And they will Photoshop these characters into photos with them and buy body pillows with life size prints of them to sleep with, both literally and in the biblical sense. <laughs> <laughs> The common weeb can be found online lamenting the fact that they were born in the wrong country. They've never fit in at home, but once they save up enough money, they're going to move to Japan where they belong. It'll be just like one of their animes, where everyone is accepting of everyone, no matter how off-putting their personality or physical form is. Of course, they'll need to get a job first, and to do that, they'll need to start bathing on a regular basis. Probably move out of their mother's basement and stop eating instant ramen for every meal. But all that will be seen as quirky, not degenerate, once they get to their glorious spiritual homeland, right? 
In writing this, something has just occurred to me which might have also occurred to you, the listener. There's a lot of overlap here with another group of disgusting subhumans known as neckbeards. <laughs> I won't get too far into what a neckbeard is here, that's for another episode, but what we can surmise from this information so far is that while not every neckbeard is a weeaboo, <laughs> every weeaboo is most certainly a neckbeard. <laughs> Further to that, a lot of weeaboos are also bronies who I talked about in our furries episode. You might think that's impossible as My Little Pony isn't Japanese, but it seems they'll make an exception for kids' cartoons that they can jack off to. (laughs) Isn't it interesting that all the most degenerate corners of our culture are connected to each other? Mm. I guess when you lift up the rock that is modern society, the cockroaches that scurry out from underneath do all look the same. (laughs) <laughs> now I've kind of lost track here of the point I was trying to make and if yeah. you're not familiar with weeaboos already you might be thinking they're really not as bad as I'm making out people can do whatever they want to do right mm. but let me assure you they are they smell <laughs> awful they're loud and obnoxious and they are cringe inducing to the extreme just yes. search for weeaboo compilation on YouTube <laughs> and you'll see what I mean fortunately most weebs come to their senses and start acting like normal humans before they reach their late 20s, but there are some who never let go, and they should be put down. <laughs> and let me just reiterate, liking these things does not make you a weeb. It's when these things become your entire personality that you start to really devolve. You are not a weeaboo just because your girlfriend in high school tricked you into watching an anime where a girl dresses as a guy so she can get railed by a bunch of gay twinks. <laughs> that seems speaking from personal experience that way. Yeah, oddly specific. <laughs> Something you were going to tell us about? It, it might have happened. <laughs> I think I know. I was a fairly suggestible teenager. Yeah, you do, and she's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, that person who knows who they are. Hello to our friend. Uh, That's fantastic. We appreciate your support. Mm. You share our stuff sometimes, and you're you're very nice. We like you. Uh, Um, Now It's only good fun. uh, (laughs) Yes, it is only good fun. Mm. Um, now, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. I'm just thrown off by that <laughs> ridiculous thing that you said. <laughs> Weeaboos are fucking disgusting. And they just, they need to shower and get jobs and oh, start being productive members of society. What I was going to ask, Lachlan, is, is Weeboo like the N-word in the sense that this group has, like, taken it back? And they're oh. like, no, we call each other that now. Yeah, we well, they, they proudly use that word. They call themselves weebs. They'll be yeah. like, oh, I'm a okay. total weeb. But in a like, self-deprecating way. Yeah, though. and it's like how you know people are like, oh, I'm such a nerd. You know, they'll be like, oh, I'm such a weeb. Yeah. But they don't like being called weeaboos. They don't like it when you use the full word. Oh. Is mm. that like the hard R version? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> They're learning things. Yeah. yeah. So you can call each other yeah. like, my weeb, what's up, my weeb? But you can't be like, hey, weeaboo. Yeah, like, that's, that's just- right. There's so many videos on YouTube that are like titled- why I am not a weeaboo and stuff like that. And, like, the thumbnail, they're dressed as fucking Sailor Moon and they've got, like, purple hair or some shit, you know. <laughs> Are you talking about guys? Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> uh, Do girls call themselves weebs? 
Or is it just guys? No, nah, girls. It's actually, it's probably about 50-50. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of girls seem to be weebs as well. But girls can do dress-ups and do cosplay and stuff, and it's just like yeah, a bit of fun. It's but, not uh, weird. It's super, but then it, when guys dress up, super it's... Super cringy, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the cosplay... If, I mean, if you're exclusively doing one character or something like that. And, yeah. And you're doing it all the time, even when you're not going somewhere. Like, uh, there's plenty of cosplayers who just, like... Yeah, dress no, dressing up, up in yeah. a costume's okay. But yeah. if you do it, like, just when you're just going down to the shops... Yeah. And you're well, wearing, if you, like, if you fo- do it fox and ears you, and a fucking You're not going to, like, tile. a special event or in the process of making a costume. Like, you need to try it on. Yeah. If you're going to, you like, a, a convention, I think that's okay. But yeah. I wouldn't do it. But I'd have no issue with it. Look, I, I went to PAX like three or four years ago, and I mm. appreciated all the women who dressed up there. You know, well oh, done. Yeah, you. I, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be slightly less obvious than that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. But there was just people coming up and just being like, "Take a photo," and I was like, "Yeah, I just feel like that's that's a bit." But they love it. I don't know. Like, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go I up and ask attention. anyone. To, yeah. So they don't get out of there rooms very much so mm. when they can they just go crazy i would just find it incredibly awkward to dress up in something that i enjoy and then just have people want to take photos with me constantly well you're not as much of an extrovert as these people bred and they're uh, i guess they get a lot of their self-esteem off um getting validated by these other that's degenerates right. and stuff so um that's right because they didn't know, have strong well, father figures at home to guide them right so <laughs> All of yeah. their self-worth is entirely based on the opinions of other Listen, people. From personal experience, you don't need a father figure when you've got Naruto, right? Well, <laughs> that's the other thing as well. And we're probably going to lose Morgan here for a little bit. But it's the anime that they watch that's really one of the big issues. Like, they'll go on about fucking Naruto and Bleach like they're works of art. And they're not. They're crap. Yeah, they're fine when you're a teenager. Oh, it's a nostalgia thing. It's a nostalgia thing. There's anime that's really, really good, like fucking Neon Genesis and Full Metal Alchemist and all that shit. That's really good stuff. But you know, they they watch. I don't know what it's called, but there's one that's got like a bunch of little fucking high school girls in it. They all seem to watch, and it's just super cringy. There's lots of lots of compilations. It's called Sailor Moon. <laughs> Maybe um, there's I've lots of one. compilations of people doing like the dances from the openings and stuff on YouTube, and it's just like. Is that the one that's all S's? Is that the Can main why, one? Why are you doing this? I I think you're right about the them growing out of it as well, Lachlan, because mm. it's kind of like, you know, goths and stuff like that. Mm, you see, yeah. like, teenage goths, and you're like, you know, you're really into it. You're wearing the black makeup with the white foundation and the, like, all black clothes and the big Doc Martens and stuff like that, but you're going to grow out of it one day. Yeah. And if you ever see, like, you see a few of them as teenagers, but if you ever see one that's, like, in their 40s or something, you're just <laughs> really, <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's just kind of sad you're just like oh god yeah just let it go no that no I need to see more of them hold on to it <laughs> don't stop <laughs> don't stop believing and keep this magical train ride going look I <laughs> if if I had made some different decisions in my teens I probably could have been accused of being a weeb uh, <laughs> at the time but you're yeah, like yeah. you had Brad and I to keep bullying you I and kept pushing quiet, you on the straight and narrow. Kept it quiet, kept it at home behind closed doors. And, uh, <laughs> but do you feel like that that shame was good for you? Like you had to oh, keep yeah, it under wraps because yeah, I think that's shame what it is. Is a very good thing. Yeah, the shame difference between a, a weeaboo and someone who just likes Japanese stuff is the yeah. appropriate level of shame. 
That's right. Yeah. You should be ashamed of it. There is there. You have normie friends that won't accept you if you show up exactly. with blue hair yeah. and a katana. That's right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if either of you guys remember this, but one time in high school, the three of us were hanging out at Brad's place. And he put, he just got like the new Neon Genesis Evangelion box set or something, and he put it on. And Morgan was just laughing at us for watching it, and you know that that I think <laughs> sufficiently uh, shamed probably both of us into. Um, I I I, yeah. I stand by it. I watched that when I was like ten years old, and it's a fucking. Oh, trip. it is. Fantastic. It's such a good. I still remember it. It was the platinum box set I bought. It had 26 episodes, director's commentary. Mm -hmm. I lent it to my sister and I've never seen it again. But. That bitch. (laughs) It was 130 bucks. It was one of the first Mm. things I bought with my paycheck when I was like 14 or 15. I remember. You were very proud of it. Yeah, it was 130 bucks. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, I'm a a big fan of Neon Genesis. It's It's a trip, that one. But yeah. Did you ever do the Naruto run when you were like playing football? <laughs> I know, but like I said, appropriate level of shame. Only in my I don't think I don't think we got Naruto <laughs> only in my room early enough. Like I was yeah. well into my mid teens when Naruto sort of came over here. So I don't think yeah. we were young enough to get yeah. into that sort of thing. But we had Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon, oh, yeah, and Pokemon. stuff like that. I know, people like shit all over animated. Dragon Ball Z Pokemon, there's two animes. They're massive. Probably the biggest. Mm cartoons in the world if you're gonna get Pokemon is the biggest media franchise in the world yeah so I mean not that it's good but you know it's very popular yeah I can see how like it's a slippery slope <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? it really is it just it's about anything yeah. moderation no, okay? I, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head though Morgs it's the shame and yeah. it's having having friends around you that will <laughs> appropriate bully shame. you for uh, for making those decisions <laughs> Listen, if I ever dye my hair like bright blue or something like that, you have my do it in private to fucking annihilate me. Like I, you need to do that. But it's good though because when you're when you're a teenager mm. and you think like, oh, this is cool. I'm never going to be embarrassed by this. Like no matter what it was, <laughs> yeah. Ten years later, you're going to be like, thank God I didn't wear that That's costume right. that I thought of That's that right. I really <laughs> wanted to wear. Thank God I didn't dye my hair that color that I thought I should have dyed it. And yeah. Stuff like that, because there's like we grew, we're we're growing up. We grew up in the age where everything is recorded. If we went to a party wearing something like orange hair or blue mm. hair or something like that, there'd be a picture of it forever. And- <laughs> oh yeah, and it's even like we we were it's just on now. the cusp of it. It's even worse now. I feel bad for anyone who's a teenager from now on because all the cringy shit they do is going to be immortalized <laughs> on the internet. Oh, and they're not going to get it. They're going to like get all their college applications denied because <laughs> someone like sent a picture of them they're like <laughs> messages private messages where they've uh, said something out of context yeah you know mm. <laughs> we could all destroy each other's oh yeah stuff. absolutely definitely that, that'd be fucking nuclear mutually, <laughs> mutually assured destruction be. <laughs> that's right you can say horrible things to your friends you just got to make sure that they say Horrible things back to you. Yeah, yeah. You need to have that fear. <laughs> that's right. Like, no matter how much I hate you, we can't not be friends. <laughs> no, that's right. No, we're locked in. Because <laughs> we just know too much. I ever have to kill you <laughs> or you have to die. Like, like, you'd have to kill you'd have to kill both of us at the same time though, Brad. That's mm. the problem. No, but if, I mean like if I see Morgan die in some mysterious accident. I'm fucking putting everything I got out there just to protect myself. You're sending it to like a, a third party and like in the event of my death, publish yeah. these. 
Yeah, Julian Assange has got a uh, an encrypted zip file with everything I know in it. And if I die, he gets the password. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Yeah, okay, fair, fair. All right, Brad. Do you want to um, you want to hit us up with your power? Yeah. Brad Power Rankings. All right, boys. This week. Top five most degenerate sexual practices in Japan. <laughs> Just you five. said you were going to tell us something of degenerate this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have, uh, I'm proud of this one. So Good job narrowing it down to five. Yeah. The Japanese are into some weird oh, shit, so this yeah, is going to be an interesting list. I'm, 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 I'm hoping I can learn something here. You are going to learn something. That's shit. what I want. Oh, you're not, okay. not going to come out the other side a better person. Let's just put it that way. I've... Um, you know, I've seen some stuff in my in my younger years <laughs> from Japan that I'm not proud of saying. Not proud of what I did while saying it either. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can teach me something here, so, Brad, I'll be I'll be very happy. Well, starting of starting a fire, working way to number one, obviously. Um. Okay. So <clears throat> number five, Dutch waifu. What? Dutch waifu is derived from the old term Dutch wife. Slang for a bamboo pillow, Dutch sailors used to relieve uh, used to relieve themselves of heat. Japan, being at the cutting edge of both degeneracy and technology, decided that the modern <laughs> Dutch waifu should just be a sex robot that you fuck. Those poor Dutch sailors would be rolling in their watery graves. I think that's okay. <laughs> no, but it's a li- like you're literally married to it. Like it's not. It's like a oh, body so pillow has gone next level. So it's not like an advanced oh. sex toy. No. It's you, it's you a sex robot that you okay. take with you everywhere. It's like a it's like a uh, it's your wife, yeah. Dutch wife. Yeah, see, like there's, there's that girl. shame thing. Yeah. Again. You need to be mm-hmm. too ashamed to take your sex robot out in public. <laughs> Don't want to let anyone know it exists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's not even like you can't have someone come around to the house and have it sitting up at the table and be like, uh, meet <laughs> meet Hannah. <laughs> if I did that, you guys would never talk to me again. So I keep it under the bed, tucked away. Do you think, um, like, if I if I stole your sex robot, it's cheating? Like, what would you? Would all. that make you a cuckold? Yeah, absolutely. That make her a cheating fucking whore. Um, <laughs> would I be an adulterer or a thief? <laughs> Bit of both. Uh, anyway, number four, Ha Daisuki. What happens when you repress a people's sexuality and stop them oh, no. viewing anything with uncensored nudity? Oh, no. Japan does. <laughs> <laughs> Famous Japanese adventurer Bear Grylls-sama once said, Improvise, <laughs> adapt, wank. Oh, Hard God. Daisuki is pornography of dental work, specifically flossing, what? brushing, and cleaning the teeth. What? I'm almost proud of these degenerates. So that... It's it's not so it's not it's nudity. Fun. It's just people having like their teeth cleaned and flossed, and the girls just and make people, that ah and they and people jerk off to that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's you can't have, weird. Yeah, because we can't have like uncensored porn in yeah, Japan. But, so they they like, adapted. What's I don't get that's the, like the yeah. ability to come without touching yourself. It's like an evolutionary step. That's, that's the the inside of the mouth is a it's very a dirty, dirty part place. of the body. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever does it for you, I guess. Uh, yeah. Mm. Number We're three. Here to kink shame. You're going to enjoy that later. Um, 
Uh, shit. Number three. Chikan. Obviously, when you live in a society where talking to the opposite sex is as rigid as it is in Japan, you're going to develop some real fucking weirdos. And that pretty much goes for anyone on this list. But these fuckers are criminal. Chikan is the act of groping and or rubbing your genitals on someone against their will or without their permission. The entire country of Japan would probably get hashtag me too out of existence in the US. <laughs> that's, that's just sexual assault. Yeah, let's just, it's a people spe- do that in these countries as well. We just don't have a word <laughs> for it. Like, no, but they are, it's a specific fetish. So, because ah, obviously you have um, that's not cramped okay. transport, like public transport in Japan. Yeah. You hear about, oh my God. you know, molesters on the Japanese public transport who, like, feel up schoolgirls and stuff like that. It's a specific yeah. fetish. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah, disgusting. That's, that's not okay. Come on, bro. Hey, I number- am here to kink shame now. <laughs> number two. Bebi Gyaru. I wish this next one was just Japan-specific, but somehow it seems to be everywhere. Bebi Gyaru uh, is porn featuring people dressed up in diapers, pacifiers, the whole nine years. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right, what's number one? Lachlan Let's said in the Come past, on. and quite literally just before, we're not here to kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. We are. If you're into this, lobotomize yourself with a shotgun and save your family the pain <laughs> of one day finding your Bebi Gyaru stash. I um, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because just yesterday I got uh, <laughs> no. no, I got a wish dot com ad for adult size diapers, and it was like the picture was like a sexy Chinese girl wearing. Them, so. I thought that was weird, but I guess that's why people mm. are into that. And number one, this one's a fan favorite, Bukaki. We yeah. all knew it was coming. Japan likes to take things to the extreme. <laughs> we all knew it was coming. <laughs> Example. <laughs> You can't apologize, you commit seppuku. You can't work 40 hours, you need to do 80. And you can't drop drop one load on a lady, you need to Nickelodeon slime that bitch. (laughs) God bless the rice. God bless the rice-eating bastard who looked at that pathetic drizzle of cum and said, we can do better. Nay, we must be better. That's my my favorite Bukaki uh, is disgusting. honestly one of the grossest things. <laughs> I could not imagine anything I can, worse. Why? I don't understand why. How anyone would find that attractive? Uh, why do you? It's uh, anyway. I, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. There was a there was a good um, a bit in Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, latest show, Who Is America, mm. where he plays this like. San Francisco liberal guy who's mm. trying to, um, you know, annoy, I don't know, Midwesterners and conservatives yeah. with these, like, disgusting, degenerate um, things that he wants to tolerate. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, one of, one of the books that he is, like, trying to get put into a library is a children's book. And um, <laughs> there's, like, dis- a description of what Bukaki is and yeah. how it's, like, a woman's way to, ex- like, ex- explore her sexuality <laughs> and she's a liberated woman and stuff like that. And he's reading it to, like, some Republican senator who's just, like, shaking his head, just <laughs> disgusted. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is. It is very It is just disgusting, gross. yeah. There's nothing uh, yeah, remotely I'd, I'd, sexy about it. I don't understand. No, I don't understand it. I just I, don't. But the just, Japanese love it and... Degrading for everyone involved. 
Maybe that's it. Some people are into like degradation and stuff. Louis C.K. stuff. Yeah. (laughs) No, he likes the man being degraded or whatever. I'm surprised that wasn't on the list, Brad. What, Louis C.K.? Yeah, that's sort of like, I don't know. Wasn't his thing that he wanted to like see the disgusted look on a woman's face? Didn't he, he got women to like call him a piece of shit while he jerked off or something? Isn't that? What he was into? I think his big thing was just yeah. jerking off, like, while they hated on him, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. They, they they weren't into it at all. Like, I think that was what he enjoyed. Oh, like, okay. Watering so it wasn't on, like, like a put on- sexual assault, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, that was okay. what he liked, is that- like, I think he wanted- Yeah, he liked the idea that they were disgusted yeah. by him and they would well, tell I mean, him he's gross. Has he fucking seen himself? Of course they're disgusted <laughs> yeah, by him. Yeah, that's probably why he- It's more like a like an adapt, improvise, wank sort of situation, you know? Like, <laughs> It's just working while he's with yeah. His like if everyone shows disgust when he when he gets naked, he's like that's got to be his fetish. Then doesn't yeah. You yep. got to work with it. You got to mm. work with it. Mm. Anyway, just a public service announcement that number three that Brad mentioned there Chicago, is yeah. definitely in all countries, and probably including Japan. Hopefully, including Japan. But that is uh, sexual assault mm. and is not cool at all. No, and, don't uh, do that. You deserve to be hanged in public yeah, if we, you. We recommend you do only that. do it on public transport. Right. That's where we go with this. <laughs> Sorry, crowded public transport. Oh, Brad, come on. Let's not, let's not joke about that sort of thing. It's so gross. Yeah. That's disgusting. That's mm. why I said it's literally criminal. But Come on, Brad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought you were being hyperbolic when you said literally criminal, but it is yeah. literally criminal. Yeah. I thought, I'm surprised you didn't mention shocking, which I don't, still don't know if that's a real thing. I don't thing think it's a what's, Japanese thing. I think it's more what's of a European thing, wasn't it? What is it? That's when you like. It's like you pull down a girl's yeah, top on the street or, or lift up their skirts. You know, I still think yeah, that it was. It's not also a, real a form thing. of assault. Not very cool either. Um, <laughs> okay, I feel like it was all staged. Like anything else, we could probably something. do a whole episode on degenerate sex act. And uh, let us hey. know in the comments if you'd like to <laughs> hear that, because Brad and I would be happy to do it. Um, Morgan looks incredibly. I said that one out. I think we'd be happy for Morgan to have to sit through that because he's. <laughs> Uh, you might say quite vanilla in mm. that regard. That'd be his own uh, personal yeah, What did you say, Lachlan? We've got like a Western puritanical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's me. Yes. Morgan <laughs> is uh, the definition of puritanical. Although. Speaking of being raised with an appropriate level of shame. <laughs> come on. You guys are disgusting. Is, Brad's always there saying is, gross uh, stuff. There's a couple of things he's told Brad and I about that probably <laughs> wouldn't fly in the Bible belt of America. So. Who knows? I won't. I won't say him on record, but mm. just so our listeners know that he does have a dark side. Yeah. Um, but it definitely doesn't involve two bottles of tequila and a donkey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that is oh, a suspicious man. silence. There, I wish this it? was a video podcast because Morgan's face right now is just—he doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know what to do. He's got—he's got nothing. Nowhere to go. Um, Right. Well, thank you for listening, uh, dear listener. We we do appreciate it. Um, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends. Um, just anyone you think might like it, just say, hey, I've been listening to this cool podcast. You should uh, check it out. And uh, just direct them to the website, bradisabadperson.com. That's where all our stuff is. Links to everything's there. Uh, you know, social media, PayPal. All our episodes, that sort of stuff. Uh, that's about it, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's been a good, good episode. I've had a lot of fun. 
<laughs> Sayonara, bitches. And uh, we'll see you next time. Anyang. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Nihau's Chinese. Uh, I'm funny. Come on, get over it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>